when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silverandblacktoday.com and now your host evan Grote. let's go raider nation thanks for tuning in this is just pod baby i'm your host evan Grote, and we are brought to you by silver and black today part of the flagship station on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m in las vegas you can also check out the station on the tune in app or on the Raiders app as well, or on the Raiders website, I should say. Really, really makes it convenient for us to tune in, so there's really no excuse not to be listening each and every day. And make sure you head over to the website as well, silverandblacktoday.com. I'm glad to have you with me for another off-season edition. Off-season for the Raiders, that is. There's still two teams alive that are playing. The Super Bowl matchup is set between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. A matchup that, for Raider fans, makes us a little bit sick to our stomach and has us divided on who we should be cheering for in this game. I mean, it's a great question, right? If you ask Raider fans, who is it that you're cheering for? On one hand, you have a hated division rival in the Chiefs who looks like they are in the process of a dynasty here if they can win another Super Bowl, their second consecutive. And on the other side, you've got Tom Brady leading the Buccaneers. And we all know the the history between Raider Nation and Tom Brady. We we all well, you know, have some some uh feelings towards him. But for me it's an easy choice. I'm pulling for the Buccaneers to win this game, to win this Super Bowl. Um you know, I, I stopped hating Tom Brady a long time ago. I really have, have learned to just appreciate his greatness. At the age of 43, to be doing what this man is doing right now is incredible. Going to his 10th Super Bowl. I don't care how many great receivers he's got over there on his offense. I still think what he is doing is, is impressive. And I know a lot of people out there um, want to wanna kind of criticize him uh, for the fact that he went to the the Buccaneers, a team that had a pretty good offense before he got there. But that's how free agency works. He, he was free to go and choose wherever he wanted to be. So he picked the team that he felt gave him a, a really good chance to win. So I'm not going to hold that against him as far as legacy is concerned. Not that I think his legacy is in question. But not something I'm holding against him. I, I think the arm talent is still there. The strength may not be what it was 10 years ago. But again, at his age, 43 years old, we may never see something like this ever again. So uh, I, I don't mind seeing it one more time. And, and also, you know, while I can appreciate the talent that Patrick Mahomes brings to the game and how great he is, I think he could be the next, you know, the next Brady, so to speak. I just can't stand to see the formation of the next great dynasty in the Chiefs. So for me, it, it's all about the Bucks here in, in about a week and a half. Now, there's not a lot going on this week as far as news is concerned surrounding the Raiders. Uh, we do have um, some some big news today surrounding Deshaun Watson. And if you listen to uh, Silver and Black today uh, on Raider Nation Radio, I was co-hosting with Scott today and we spent pretty much the entire show talking about uh, that news, Deshaun Watson wanting a trade, demanding a trade out of Houston. Um, I think it will happen. It's only a matter of time when. Um, And I think that if you're the Raiders, 
I think if you're any team in the league other than maybe the Chiefs, you should be inquiring on what it would take to get a deal done for a guy like Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying the Raiders will make that move. I don't know. I, I think in, in the end, it'll get too costly for them. Right now, we're hearing at least two first-round picks and a, a top-line player. Um, I'm sure it'll get much more expensive as more teams get involved. But uh, again, if you have an opportunity to upgrade at any position, we've heard Mike Mayock talk about it before. We've heard John Gruden talk about it before when he was questioned about the quarterback position. If you have an opportunity to get better at any position, then I think you have to at least explore that option. And I don't think there's any exception to that rule in this case. I do think Derek Carr is a quality quarterback. I think he can take this team to the playoffs next year if the defense shows some slight improvements. But if you have the chance to get special, to bring in a guy who is an elite top five quarterback in this league in his prime, I think you do so. So that's really all I'm going to say about that. Again, if you tuned in to Silver and Black today uh, with Scott and I, then you heard us and you heard myself give you a lot of my thoughts there. But uh, this week, it's all about the Senior Bowl. Okay, The Senior Bowl going down um, this week in Mobile, Alabama. The nation's top seniors are down there trying to make a case for themselves to be drafted or to maybe move up in the draft. And our guy, Vinny Bonsignor, good friend of the show, uh, of course, he's Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and he's uh, also host of uh, his show in the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. His co-host is Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, he's going to join us a little bit later on in the show to get some of his thoughts. You know, some of what he's been seeing down there. Some guys that stood out and, and made themselves some money this week. You know, Vinny also made some news this week because he had the opportunity to have a little Q and A with uh, Raiders general manager Mike Mayock. So, of course, we're going to ask him about that later on as well. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. But as I said, it's all about the Senior Bowl week this week. So that is the focus of the show tonight. I look forward to this event every year. I record the practices each day and I I spend time uh, re-watching them, breaking them down. Um, you know, just, just trying to get a little bit more insight on some of these prospects. And it's really a great event because it gives it gives um, it gives us the chance as fans and of course the the coaches and general managers and scouting departments of these teams. It gives them a closer look at some of the guys that you may not be as familiar with. Maybe not the most heralded guys in in the in the nation. Maybe not the most you know. Maybe not the top flight prospects. And uh, I, I just think it's a, it's a great opportunity for a lot of guys to uh, really you know see their stock rise in the draft. And and I think this year is particularly important because it, um, if you've been following the Senior Bowl this year, as a lot of the commentators have said um, at this year's event, this might be the most important one. Because uh, they're not going to have a combine this year. There is no NFL scouting, in-person scouting combine this year. Uh, they changed up that format. There will be some some pro day-like events, but a lot of virtual stuff will be going on. So I do think this is a really great opportunity um, for some of these prospects. And, and um, the other thing is there's a lot of guys, many players in college football this year opted out. Opted out of the season, right? Due to COVID. And... Um, some of these these um, schools in college had abbreviated schedules. Maybe they didn't play a full 
you know, 10 game schedule. If you look at Ohio State, I think they only played seven or maybe it was only six regular season games and then two playoff games. So they just don't have the tape out there. The film on some of these prospects from 2020 just isn't out there. So so going to the Senior Bowl, it gives these guys a chance to to showcase their talents in front of NFL coaches and scouts just, just one more time. Now, if you think that the Senior Bowl doesn't matter... Uh, I ask you to take a look back at the 2019 Senior Bowl, uh, Senior Bowl game, and I'm talking about for the Raiders, and that was the year that the the John Gruden and his coaching staff they they uh, were the coaches for the North team. Now let me read off some names uh, from that Senior Bowl event that year, 2019: Jonathan Abram, Foster Morrow, Alec Ingold, uh, Isaiah Johnson. Hunter Renfro, and two more names that I want to throw out there with you, uh, for you, Keelan Doss and Tavon Coney. Now, obviously, uh, Doss and Coney never really made a big name for themselves other than uh, Doss uh, with the uh, Hard Knocks training, training camp. But these are all guys that participated in that 2019 Senior Bowl and are all on the rosters, at least the the first five I mentioned. So this game means something. It certainly does. And in 20, 2018, uh, Gruden's first year back, Brandon Parker was a senior bowl participant as well. And Derek Carr, he was also a guy who uh, made an appearance at the senior bowl. So it's a big week for evaluation for teams. Now there's a couple of guys that have really stood out this far, um, not necessarily in positions of need for the Raiders. And these are just guys that I've noticed um, from what I've seen uh, during the practices and, and also, you know, doing some research, reading uh, some of the guys that I, that, that I trust, you know, in, in this, in this area. Um, but one of those guys is wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge. And I'm sure you've heard about what he's been doing this week down at the senior bowl. He's been dominating in practices and he's, he's really been impressive with his ability to separate. And that's a word you hear a lot now these days with receivers. You got to be able to separate, right? Uh, He's very smooth and it's very, very polished route runner. Um, And he comes from a non power five school in the Mac conference with Western Michigan. So small school guy, the jumping competition though has uh, has not been an issue for him. So he's been an exciting guy to watch, um, and, and that's one of the things I want to throw out there as well that I love about the Senior Bowl is is the competition. Right, it, there's a lot of competition that goes on the the one on ones between the DBs and the wide receivers or the the offensive line and the the defensive linemen. I really really enjoy seeing that sort of competition. But also, it's about some of these smaller school guys going to get uh, going up against some of these these big dogs, right from the from the big time Power Five schools and seeing how they hold their own. Um, and, and another and a guy I want to throw out there, for example, who who is one of the guys who's really generated a lot of buzz for himself, really done well for himself. Small school guy out of he's a he's an offensive lineman guard. He's been working at guard and a little bit of center this week out of Wisconsin Whitewater, Quinn uh, Mirnez. I'm not sure if I'm saying that last name correct, uh, but. Those of you who don't know Wisconsin Whitewater, that's a Division three school, and they're a powerhouse uh, along with Mount Union. Every year, it's one of those two teams competing to win the the, the Stag Bowl, which is the Division three national championship game. I usually watch it whenever it's on TV, um, so I'm well aware of Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, but he's been great all week, really been turning heads uh, against guys from you know much bigger programs, 
certainly Division One schools. So the the jump for him has not been a, a big factor as well. Um, and then there's another guy that's really really caught my eye, especially on day two. Is this is this kid from UCLA? Um, Demetric Felton, uh, and again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name right, but he is a running back who is working out at wide receiver this week uh, down at the Senior Bowl. And man, this kid is interesting. Talk about intriguing prospect. As I said, he's a running back, but he's he's doing some work at wide receiver. He looks like he's been playing wide receiver his whole life. I mean, he looks great from what I can see. Quick feet. Good burst off the line of scr- uh, scrimmage, getting in, you know, out of his breaks, in and out of his breaks. He's he's looked really sharp. His his routes look really crisp, and he's made a few defensive backs look really silly. So, um, I've been impressed with him, and I, I dug into some of his tapes. I wanted to see who the heck this kid was, and uh, you know, he does a little bit of everything during his time at UCLA. Only 132 rushing attempts last year, this past season for 668 yards, but that's that's a 5.1 yards per carry average. So that's that's uh, not too shabby. And um, you know, only 22 receptions his senior year. Although in his junior year he did have 55. Um, but clearly, when when you watch him, he uh, he's definitely more than capable as a receiver. So, you know, he, he, he was also using the kick return game as well, uh, for Chip Kelly at, at UCLA. And, you know, I don't know what kind of straight line speed this kid has. Um, he looks really quick on tape. And I, I actually think, um, I saw a tweet from, geez, I can't recall who put it out, but, uh, they were timing, uh, they weren't doing like 40 yard dash timings, but they they were t- timing like which player generated the most miles per hour. And I'm almost positive I saw this kid uh, had the had the fastest speed so far down um, at the Senior Bowl. So you know he 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 has the look of one of those gadget players. I don't want to say Tyreek Hill, but I think you could use him in that way where he could be a guy who could take the ball out of the backfield. Um, he could catch passes. He he can really do it all. And uh, kind of reminded me of when I saw him playing is what the the Raiders tried to do last year with Lynn Bowden Jr. Right? They they wanted to bring in a guy who could kind of be a weapon, just, just a weapon could do it all. And that's immediately what I thought when I saw this kid, uh, Demetric Felton. So, uh, yeah, check him out on tape if you haven't, haven't done so, but I'm going to be interested to see what his, uh, 40 time is at his pro day. And I've talked to a couple people who I know, um, who are, you know, aspiring scouts and whatnot that I've gotten to know over the years. And they think he'll be, you know, probably, uh, somewhere in the, you know, third, fourth, or fifth round selection. So let's keep an eye on that that guy right there. All right, so those are a couple of the guys that have really caught my eye, and uh, you've heard me ramble on long enough. I'm going to get to my first break here, and when we get back from break, we're going to bring in Vinny Bonsignor, who's been down there all week long in Mobile, and we're going to get some of his thoughts. We're also going to chat with him about his Q&A that he had with General Manager uh, Mike Mack. So don't go anywhere, but we'll be right back here on Just Pod Baby. We're back here on Just Pod Baby. Senior Bowl week is the focus of the show tonight. And what I want to do now is bring in our guest who's been down in Mobile all week, friend of the show, 
and part of the family at Raider Nation Radio, Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and he's the host of In the Huddle with his along with his co-host uh, Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio. That's Mr. Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, I know you've been a busy man this week. Thanks for the time tonight. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Uh, a lot of work here in Mobile, Alabama, but uh, having a blast and getting a chance to see uh, some good young players uh, is always a great thing. Yeah, yeah, I love the Senior Bowl event. Always, uh, always uh, something I look forward to, and I've, uh, you know, I've been recording it each day, the practices, and, and, and trying to to break it down and just kind of get a head start on some of the the scouting here. Uh, but before we get into the Senior Bowl discussion, and I also want to ask you about your your chat with Mike Mack that you had this week. Of course, the big news around the league today is is Deshaun Watson. He's now demanding a trade out of Houston, and it, you know immediately when 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 Raider fans hear something like this, their radars go off, and, and some fans want to see a deal get done. I, I don't think it'll happen uh, between the Raiders and the Texans. But if you're Mike Mayock and you're John Gruden, you at least have to kick the tires and see where the asking price begins. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, most definitely, and um, you know, because uh, you don't want to, you know, five years down the road, uh, find out that you know Deshaun Watson wanted to play for the Raiders, uh, but you didn't make the call, um, and or that or that you don't want it five five months down the line or five years down the line, you talk to the general manager of the Houston Texans, and you're and and you know you find out that uh you know there there was a deal to be made um for one of the great quarterbacks in in the game so uh am i saying that it's going to happen no absolutely not and uh, chances are it's not going to happen but you're you have to do your due diligence uh and as much as that uh, you know i'm sure you know whatever position you're talking about when you're looking to upgrade uh the current player at that position obviously that doesn't sit well with them but um, they understand it's the business and the business is to try to get better. And if you're the Raiders, uh, you have to at least give it uh, a look, see to see what it might take uh, to bring in a player of that caliber. Yeah, absolutely. You leave no rock unturned. Uh, as I said, you you did have a chance this week to catch up with uh, Mike Mack. He had a little Q&A w- with the Raiders general manager. And, and one of the things that I, I found interesting from, from your conversation with him was, was his response to your question about Henry Ruggs and his assessment of his rookie year. Now, now when he says Ruggs was exactly who we thought he was, I'm not sure I'm buying that as a fan of the team. And, and the reason I say that, my the reason... Um, I believe that is because when you look at last year's draft class with with the wide receivers, um, it was talked about as one of the most talented groups uh, to come out of the come out of the college in a really really long time. And when you have the opportunity at pick twelve to get any one of those wide receivers that you want, and you choose the guy who you you knew needed some polish who who wasn't as pro ready as some of these other guys you know during what many believed would be a shortened off season because of covid um and and, and don't forget at that point Nelson Aguilar still wasn't signed yet. So the biggest glaring need still on that roster at that point prior to the draft was a legit threat at wide receiver. So again, I'm just not so sure I'm buying it. What's your take on that? Uh, I actually am buying it. And um, it was no secret that uh, Henry Ruggs, um, you know, required some seasoning in terms of um, the overall, uh, wide receiver position growing into a better wide receiver, a more well-rounded wide receiver. Uh, it was fairly common knowledge uh, from, from everybody. Um, and so 
uh, from the Raiders' perspective, uh, you know, no doubt you want somebody, in generally speaking, somebody that's going to be a star player right off the bat, uh, a finished product right off the bat. And if you know that that's not the case, you know, I think fans are probably thinking, well, why would you draft him? Well, um, you know, number one, you know, there is a process. And uh, I think when you're realistic uh, with things and, and you understand that it's very rare, really, for players to come in and be just bonafide stars or finished products right off the bat, um, you, you understand that that's rarely the case. So uh, you have to look at a rookie player as a, especially a first-round pick, at minimum a four- or five-year guy, right? So what what are we going to have in year one and then year two and then year three? And if you're being honest about it and saying, here he is in year one and these are the expectations uh, we can reasonably have for him, uh, but then we think in year two and then in year three, uh, this, that, and this is going to happen. Um, if you're, if you can project that out in a way that we're going to be satisfied in year two and three with the pick uh, that we made, um, then even if it means some short term, uh, you know, grumbling from fans who, who want to see all the gaudy numbers, but we don't think the gaudy numbers are necessarily going to be there. If you're comfortable with that, because you believe that in the long run it's all going to work out for the best, um, then then you go ahead and, and, and do that. And, you know, it it needs to be recognized at the very least that I don't think that there's uh, any coincidence that this offense got better uh, this year in a big way. Um, you know, they, they jumped from, what, 19 points per game to, to 27 points per game. Uh, that didn't just happen. There was a combination of reasons why, and one of them, I, I, I want to say a pretty fairly big part of that, was the attention that Henry Ruggs drew because of the speed that he brought. Um, and that changed the way the Raiders were defended, and I think that that helped uh, this Raiders offense. So he, he absolutely had an impact from day one, and every minute that he was on, every play that he was on the field, there was an impact. Uh, and I think the Raiders realized that they were going to get, at the very least, they were going to get that uh, out of Henry Ruggs. Now, the rest of it, um, getting him to a, to a higher level in terms of route running and strength, um, uh, all of the things that the Raiders kind of understood uh, were, were going to be needed and were okay with that, uh, that comes with time. And I think that there's a, there's, there's, there's a confidence that that's going to happen. So, you know, I, I, I take Mike Mayock at his word that, he understood there was a process to go with this player, but um, but as long as that upside gets gets realized and that gap gets closed and and he becomes the player that they think he's going to be, I think they're going to look back uh, in three or four years extremely happy with that 12 pick. Now it has to happen for that to happen, but there's confidence that it, that it is and an, and an awareness that that's what what it was going to take. Okay, fair enough. And, and and you're right, there is still time to, you know, certainly change my mind and, and anyone else's mind out there that maybe it should have been someone else. But our guest tonight is Vinny Bonsignor, beat writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal and host of In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio. Let's shift topics to the Senior Bowl now. Always a great event for many reasons. Uh, some of the prospects who, who, who may come from smaller schools or, or who were less heralded players, you know, throughout the season, it really gives them a chance to, to get under the microscope on a 
big stage and and really make a name for themselves. Um, and, and with some with some of the players uh, who who opted out this season due to COVID and, and some of the schools out there who who had a shortened season. And, and when you combine that with the fact that will there that there will be no in person scouting combine this year, how much more important do you think this year's Senior Bowl is than others in the past? Uh, really important because this really is the first time uh, that that scouts and, and GMs are seeing these guys, um, you know, within arm's distance, so to speak. Uh, it's still a little bit of distance uh, in terms of the practice. Um, you know, the, the the coaches and GMs are basically out, uh, you know, up in the stands uh, this year rather than on the field, which is where they sometimes are uh, or have been in normal years. Uh, but at the very least, they're able to to get a really good look uh, at these players in situational football, you know, in a controlled environment, in a practice type of a setting. Uh, they're able to to talk to the players, um, you know, while they're they're out there. And none of that was possible um, during the fall and and went during football season, which is normally w- when you get the head start on that process. Uh, you know, we all watch the games uh, and and everything. But if you've ever covered college football uh, at practice. Uh, there's always a long list, you know, if you're at a, a big program or, or any program, really. But at the bigger programs, when you go to practice, there's a long list of scouts that are at those practices um, that are on campus talking to your coach, talking to, you know, the, the position coach, talking to, um, you know, the support staff, the guys in the weight room, you know, the, 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 the equipment manager. And that really, it's not a cliche, that really does happen. Um, so uh, all of that what fell by the wayside this year because of COVID-19. So this is really the first time they're able to get that kind of a look at these guys. Uh, and then later on in the process, um, you know, you're going to be able to, with the pro days, then you're going to be able to actually get on campus um, in, to some extent at least uh, and be able to uh, to paint a, a deeper picture of, of some of these players uh, and all, also obviously the non-seniors uh, that are not allowed to be here at the Senior Bowl um, underclassmen but then also be able to really talk to coaches and support staff and people that are there as part of the program uh, to be able to, to take a deeper dive in these guys. But yeah, to answer your question, this is extremely important this year because uh, we didn't have what we normally have in, you know, August, September, October, November, December. Um, and we're not going to have the, 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 the scouting combine uh, in, in, in February. Uh, and, and so this one becomes even more important than it normally is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the things you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago was, was the improvements that the Raiders have made on the offensive side of the ball, you know, going from 19 points a game up to 27 and, you know, crack that top 10 offense in the, in the league this year. But when you look at what they could do, uh, decide to do with a couple of the players on the current roster, there could be some voids next year, possibly at tackle, depending on what they decide to do with Trent Brown and who knows what uh, Richie Incognito's future holds. And maybe, you know, even at a uh, backup running back behind Josh Jacobs. Are there any prospects down there in Mobile this week that have, have caught your attention? Uh, there's a there's a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been trying to kind of focus in on uh, on, on defense, uh, but uh, a couple of, if you want to talk about a couple of offensive guys, uh, the, the wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge from, from Western Michigan has been putting on uh, a show out here. He has been pretty much unguardable. With his speed, uh, his route running, uh, just a really polished uh, looking looking prospect. Um, so, so he's definitely somebody that uh, that's caught everybody's eyes in the in the offensive line. 
uh, Quinn uh, uh, Miners from, from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater has, has put on a show both at guard and at center. He looks like a guy that's going to start in the NFL from day one and probably play uh, for the next 15 years, uh, whether it's at center or, or, um, or guard uh, for somebody. Uh, I really liked, uh, uh, I really liked Rashard uh, Weaver, uh, a defensive end from Pittsburgh, who just seems to be, uh, you know, uh, winning one-on-one battles off the edge. He shows a nice burst. Uh, he's long and lanky, um, has a lot of strength. I think he fits a need uh, for, you know, for, for, for the Raiders. Uh, looking at some safeties, uh, and that's why I kind of focused in on today. I, I really like the kid from Central Florida uh, who has played really well, Richie Grant from, from Central Florida. And, you know, he's a guy that uh, in college uh, with 10, 10 interceptions show, has shown an ability uh, to defend in, the, in pass coverage as a deep safety. He's also shown uh, that he can play up in the box uh, as, a, as a run support safety. But what he's really shown this week is that he can cover uh, in one-on-one situations. So you can you can really project him uh, potentially even playing in the slot, uh, depending on what your uh, what what scheme you're running and and what the coverage call is. So he's he's a guy that that has really uh, helped himself this week by adding even more versatility or by showing even more versatility. Um, so you know uh, that's somebody that that's really caught. Uh, everybody's eye out here as well. Yeah, there, you're talking about the defense. There were there were two guys that I had here in my notes that I, I wanted to make sure I asked you about, and I'm not sure if you, you know, have anything to say about these two guys. If you had a chance to really focus in on these guys, but um, two positions of need for the Raiders: defensive tackle uh, Levi. I'm not sure. I'm not going to pronounce his name right. Anzaruke, I believe it is, and uh, defensive from, from Washington. From Washington yeah. Yep, and, and defensive end Carlos Basham I, he, from Wake Forest. Uh, did, did, did these guys flash it all out there this week? From what you had seen. Yeah, Levi did, and then uh, he was limited. Um, uh, he was limited uh, yesterday. So um, you know, uh, but but in the time that he's been on the field, uh, he's 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 flashed exactly what you said, and that's a guy that that, that I de- definitely think the Raiders uh, could be could be in on. Um, he's got power. He's got speed. Uh, kind of a difference maker uh, at, at his position. Uh, and as far as the Wake Forest uh, defensive end, um, he's interesting because you look at him and you're thinking defensive tackle. Uh, he's kind of got that six foot five, two hundred and eighty five, two hundred ninety pound frame, which which seems to translate more to defensive tackle. And and I think he will get playing time at defensive tackle. But he plays like a defensive end, so he's got speed and he's got power. He's got really good hands um, and and has shown a burst off, off the edge. So uh, I just don't know what he is necessarily. I don't know if he's a full-time defensive end or a full-time defensive tackle or a little bit of both. So that's the one question that I have uh, about Boogie uh, is, is what they're calling him down here. Um, <laughs> Boogie, I like but that. Uh, he, he looks like a guy that's going to be able to play uh, regardless. Okay, and just a, yeah, yeah, just this one more I have for you. Of course, I, I want to ask you about the quarterbacks as well. And you know, out, outside of Mac Jones, who from uh, what, what I have seen has been just, just stealing the show down there, is there is there another quarterback who you've walked away from uh, you, you, your time in Mobile who who really impressed you? I have to say uh, that Ian Book from Notre Dame um, has has looked really good out here. He measured in a, right around six foot, six foot one. Um, not the tallest guy, obviously, but I think the NFL has shown uh, more of a willingness um, to be okay with that if you're making plays. 
Um, he, he has a real command, a real presence about him, making all kinds of throws, deep balls, touch, uh, uh, intermediate throws, slants. Um, he's also shown that he can uh, tuck the ball away and run. He made a lot of plays at Notre Dame as a, as a runner. And I give him a lot of credit because if you go back to his Notre Dame days, uh, his junior and, and his, his you know, uh, 2019 and 2018, Notre Dame had a lot of playmakers. Uh, Chase Claypool, um, you know, guys like that that were that were really effective. Miles Boykin in the pass game uh, and as, and as athletes. Well, his senior year, he didn't quite have that. It was the the athletic ability uh, target wise wasn't there. So, and I remember watching their first game, going, "Man, uh, I don't know about Notre Dame this year because they lost a lot of skill players." But they figured out a different way to win, and a lot of it was because of Ian Book being able to to make plays with his legs. Uh, and figure out a different way to attack secondaries. And you got to give a guy like that a lot of credit. So what he's been able to do here in, in Mobile, I think, has really helped him. And, and I think people would be surprised. I'm not saying he's a first-round pick uh, by any stretch of the imagination or even a second-round pick. But I think people would be surprised, fans, I should say, uh, how much uh, more um, admiration there is for him within the game of the NFL then they're right the outside of the game. I think that there's a lot of pe- more people than you think uh, like Ian Book, and I can see why after watching him this week. Uh, that's a good one, Ian Book, and you know he's the winningest starting quarterback in Notre Dame school history. Uh, definitely something to be proud of there. Th- thanks again so much, Vinny. I-, I know you've been you've been busy all week down there at the Senior Bowl. Thanks for squeezing me in tonight. I, I appreciate it, and-, and keep up the great work. You got it, brother. Anytime. All right, so there you heard it from Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, he's the best. He's the best, isn't he? Uh, always brings great coverage, whether it's uh, with Las Vegas Review or on his radio show in in the huddle. Uh, always bringing great insight. So I, I do appreciate Vinny for hopping on. And you know, he he disagreed with me what I had to say about Henry Ruggs. I I, I still find it hard to believe. And I know I know some teams they draft based on what they project a player will be in the future. Uh, but I, I still find it hard to believe with all that talent that was out there at wide receiver uh, that you go with with rugs um, over just so many other players who uh, were more polished and ready to come in and contribute right away. And as I've said, I, I love rugs. I still believe in the player. It's 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 not about the player. I, with me, it's always about the way that he was utilized this year. And, and I'm hoping that he does take those necessary steps um, to improve his his route running, which was one of the things that Mayock talked about in his uh, interview with with um, with Vinny. He talked about how he needs to get stronger. He needs to get into the weight room. And from everything that I've heard about this kid, I mean, Nick Saban loved him at Alabama. Couldn't say enough good things about Henry Ruggs. So I do believe he will take those steps. Uh, but but will he ever? meet that full potential that we talked about. You know, that's that's the big if. And, you know, there were other great rookie wide receivers in this class, Justin Jefferson and J- Jerry Judy um, and T. Higgins, uh, Chase Claypool. These guys are also going to continue to improve. So it'll be interesting to see when it's all said and done where these guys all stack up because Henry Ruggs, was the first one taken. So they're always going to be compared together. Uh, They're always going to be linked together, these wide receivers in that 2020 draft class. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Big thanks again to our guest, Vinny Bonsignor. 
please make sure you follow me on Twitter at egroat 5 Also, subscribe to the podcast as well. Leave me a review and a rating if you don't mind. I do love the feedback from you guys, whether it's positive or negative feedback. I'm always looking for ways to uh, you know improve on the show here. Uh, you can also hear me on Raider Nation Radio every Thursday, 9.20 a.m. on Silver and Black Today with the big boss man, Scott Gilbranson. We'll chat next week, guys. Uh, have a great weekend. Stay safe out there, and as always, just win, baby.